Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina conversation. Today, we're talking to Kirsty Lore. Um, she has a newly released book out called The e Short History of Queer Women. Really quick read, and this was a really cool conversation. I really enjoyed um, learning about her experiences and how they helped her develop this uh, project. And then also, you know, just the challenges that she faced in um, talking about such like, a tricky subject matter. But I'll let you guys get to it. Uh, without further ado, here is Kirsty Lore. So today we've got Kirsty Lore. We're talking about her newest upcoming release um, on November 8th, A Short History of Queer Women. Thank you so much, Kirsty. This book was really entertaining and I always like... I appreciate reading a book that makes me feel smarter when I'm finished. So, and you, you know, you did it in, in an entertaining um, and humorous way. And so I, I'm excited to, uh, you know, get to chat about it today. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. Mm-hmm, sure. So um, to get started, do you want to um, kind of share like a little bit of a summary about the book for people, um, you know, people can kind of follow along with the conversation? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so well, yeah, short history of queer women is basically what it says. It's a, it is a very short history of queer women, queer people throughout history. I wrote this book because I felt as a child, um, I mean, I'm 36 years old, so as a, as a kid, the internet wasn't, it actually wasn't really mm-hmm. a thing, you know? And I mean, it's not that long ago at all, is it? And the world's massively changed in the last 25 years. Yeah. So there was, there was no real accessibility for me to find people that were like me or or acted like me or behaved like me and as a as a kid I loved history too so you know the two when I figured out that I was a lesbian the the two words collided as in history and being gay and that I was looking for anything um, and nothing was there really it was bits and bobs so I, I always had to patch this history together so what I wanted to do was just create a fun light-hearted book with everything in in one place so you don't have to go everywhere and find the like different pieces and mm. just all in one place but also you know a lot of gender studies and lesbian studies and queer theory is very academic it's quite inaccessible it can put a lot of people off actually myself included it, it, the jargon and you know every, it's quite difficult to wrap your head around sometimes so that was another reason that I wanted to make this book accessible in that it was an easy read you know it's, mm-hmm. it's light-hearted it's an easy read humor maybe some bad words here and there but um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad words but that, that was another reason why I wanted to to create this yeah for those two reasons basically yeah you definitely accomplished that um so kind of like piggybacking off of that can we go into like your background a little bit and maybe um, cause I don't know, I was trying to do some research on you and, and you, you don't have a lot like out there. So well, can nobody. you go into your, like, yeah, can you go into your background and maybe like kind of maybe what led you to, you know, expand on that and what led you to kind of like tell this story besides yeah. like your personal experiences and stuff like that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a teacher. I'm an English teacher. I've been teaching okay. for 11 years. Yeah. And, um, I was in Canada. I was living in Canada at one point with my ex-girlfriend and she's Swedish and uh, she she was going to move back to Sweden because she was going to do her degree, which is free in Sweden. So okay. I, I went with her and I decided to do a master's in creative writing. I've always, I'd always been interested in writing. I'd always done a bit of writing here and there, but nothing serious. So the, the course had good points and bad points, but it really led me into 
into feminism and queer theory, which I dabbled in before, but I really found my place within that. And my thesis, what I did for my thesis was a very early copy of a short history of queer women with an academic approach to it as well, which I really didn't like doing. But uh, the creative, the creative part was what morphed into this really. So, I mean, I'm not, this is the first book. This is my first book. I was very, very lucky in how I got this published. Um, it's just my personality, I guess. I just, I just wrote it and sent it to loads of publishers. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. I don't really think I expected anything, but one one person reached out and was kind of into it and she had to persuade a few people but yeah she published it I was so lucky and um yes that that's how it got published originally and then it morphed into this and then yeah so it's, it's quite a quite an interesting story and in how it came about really uh, yeah so now that's interesting that you kind of you studied it and then you wrote it academically and then you were able to switch gears and use that to put it into like make it more entertaining make it more creative adjust that subject matter outside of academia i think that's really cool that's really interesting because you're like you you did most of the hard part right which is like all the research and and materials gathering and all that stuff so did you like you had mentioned like your research before i wanted to like go into that like the kind like your experience and like your research process and collecting all the information you needed to put it together um was it do you think that like your your profession like being in that industry kind of helped you or did it did you maybe not know where to begin like how did how did your research process go for you and maybe how does it differ from what you're used to like academically yeah i mean notoriously it's difficult isn't it to find queer people in history and that's the term straight washing that was what my original thesis was on was on straight washing mm, okay, in that cool. presenting yeah these heterosexual figures as um sorry these homosexual figures as heterosexual so once i once i i've done this ever since i was quite young I guess once I learned the word queer I learned that word at university a long long time ago and I learned what queer theory was and it's when you can apply this lens on something and then anything that challenges a heteronormative narrative can be queer so it doesn't necessarily have to be gay lesbian oh, okay. trans bi anything I mean it could be it could be someone wearing the clothes of a different gender you know and it's challenging that um, heteron heteronormative narrative so once I started applying that to history they all just came out to me really no pun intended but they all just they all just came out to me <laughs> so you can just you can apply that queer lens on anything and you, you know you will see that there are people throughout history that have challenged that doesn't necessarily again mean they're they're lesbian gay trans but it it, it shows that they do challenge that heteronormative narrative so mm -hmm. so once i started doing that though they, they all just appeared quite easily and it's there's always this excuse isn't it that Oh, we don't know if they were if they were gay or, or straight, so we can't say they are. You know, a lot of historians tend to say that, but it's laziness, really, because they are there. They're there. If you just look for them, and you will find them. They exist. They've always existed. Mm -hmm. Gay, straight, trans, bi, pansexual, asexual, all every every single letter of the LGBTQ plus. You know, they're, they're there. You just mm -hmm. have to find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think about that too. Where why is the you know that straight washing it's like because for some reason straight was like just the default <laughs> it was like exactly. yeah yeah and it's just like you know hundreds of years of making you know the patriarchy or the the, the, the societal norm like making them comfortable or not making them uncomfortable because i think unfortunately that's what a lot of it was or it just because um you know religion was so like 
it was such an influence. And so that I think it was natural for people to just be like, Oh no, like, no, we're just, we're not going to worry about that. We're not going to talk about that. We're not that that part. We're going to delete that part. (laughs) Like, you know, and that's what I found was fascinating. And a lot of stuff that you wrote about was that um, you make such a good point where it's like, the stretch of of history in one person's life and these figures that we we've known these names that we know that we've heard about but then there's this little chunk these little chunks that are hard to come by because historians are like oh no we can't we can't document this or we can't let this um be known because it doesn't like fit that narrative and i i just you know it's such a shame too because it's it's you know they're not erasing them you're not and so much is lost when so much like of those details like so many of those details are are hidden or brushed aside like intentionally you know because it is a part of history it's like it's hard to articulate but it's like this is it's it's so important to like get the whole because there are many parts in the whole and when you move when you remove some of those parts it just like doesn't some sometimes it just doesn't something doesn't quite seem right and then eventually we we find out why it's like oh this person had had dabbled here and there like or this person yeah. had explored explored things and you know which is you know there's nothing wrong with that at at all it's just it's a shame that individuals throughout history have been made to feel like they have to hide themselves or they have they can't live freely or openly and i think things are are getting better now but it's still you know some some members of that community are still struggling unfortunately some you know i'm straight but i I, and i i don't think i've ever questioned that um but you know examples like this i i I enjoy reading um you know pieces that enlighten me show me a different side of what i have no idea about i think it's important for everyone to to check it out um because you know yeah you learn do you find something that exactly um, no, that's really cool. So like, what was like the most during your research? What was like, what were like the most fascinating or surprising things that you learned while you were, um, you know, reading up and creating this piece? I think every corner I turned, I was just like, whoa, whoa, what, what? Like, I mean, <laughs> the, in my private life, I do have a running chat. I do think everyone is a lesbian. I mean, that's just- <laughs> like she's a lesbian she's a lesbian she's a lesbian but I think a lot of people <laughs> in the queer community do that they like to claim don't they um but I mean surprising not really because um I feel like sexuality is so fluid anyway that of course people oh, would, yeah. like like you yeah. said dabbled you know it doesn't necessarily you, you don't have to identify as a lesbian um mm. if you've if you've slept with a woman or whatever but um right. I think surprising for me was how difficult maybe not surprising because i mean it's clearly obvious but how difficult it was to find um people of color and okay. working class lesbians sorry my cat's meowing can you hear that okay. <laughs> can i come um, say hi <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that's it's clear that's going to be difficult isn't it so all the all the people that you can find quite easily are all white and upper mm. class because they had that they were they had that accessibility so you know you've got someone like Vita Sackville West who's in the book who was an aristocrat and and had she had that power of being of having money and Mm -hmm. being white and being western and being able to live the life she wanted to live sure it wasn't easy but it was a lot easier than a lot of people say in the states black people in the slate in the states um and then you've got like people in in not western cultures where it's tricky to apply a western lens on that because yeah. i don't want i don't want to superimpose my cultural beliefs onto a onto a community that doesn't 
work as such. So th- those areas were tricky because I really wanted to represent everyone. But yeah. then you have to be really careful, don't you, about how you go about that. So with uh, black people and people of color and um, Latinas and, and, and that, that was something I really felt like I had to, had to represent. Um, and again, it, it is there. You just have to really search for it and look for it. And also working class lesbians, a lot of working class lesbians weren't available to me straight away. So I had to really go and search for them too, because a lot of people were illiterate too. So they weren't able to oh, write. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so other people would have written about them. Yeah. And then you have to kind of cross check that if it's legit or genuine. But yeah, so that, that was the hardest part and the most surprising part, I guess. But when you look back, it's not really surprising, is it? Because that's just how, it, how society works today as well. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. No, that and I do appreciate that you you wanted to include all walks of life, all parts of the regions. Because yeah, that's a good point. It's because I remember you were talking about um, a pair of women in China in like I don't know what was it, sixteen hundreds or something like that. And it was just like it, it's it just like opens. I don't know. It's just it, it expands that worldview. It's like it, it it's so much bigger than a little bubble that we're used to and it's it's such a good point it's like why wouldn't women in other countries people in other countries go through similar issues through similar experiences and even 400 years ago it's like of course that something like that would happen (laughs) yeah definitely yeah Yeah, this is your first book and you kind of touched on this with your with your experience were there any like biggest lessons learned you know is there anything that you would do differently the if you had to do it again yeah um so one of the navigating between trans men and lesbians was really difficult and it has received a bit of negative feedback with that mm. and that area in particular in the community is a very is a bit of a minefield at the moment it can be quite difficult to navigate the terminology vocabulary you know everything changes very very quickly and you you get people like JK Rowling who is ruining it and just being awful and and horrible but then you get you get some people like me who's really trying to come from a good place but again you know it's it's annoying certain parts of the community which I 100% understand Mm -hmm. so I I think what I did with the book because a a lot if I just explain a lot of um, trans men in particular felt like they were being excluded and that a lot of people in history who I may have said were lesbian or may have alluded to that, that they were lesbian. They would get upset and say that they're actually trans. So, I mean, obviously we can never know, but the, with the evidence there, I have really tried to represent all all sides. I've just tried to use the evidence that's been provided. And then in the end, what we did was me and my editors, we went back and forth with pronouns. So we were mm. thinking... Uh, what pronouns to use I was flipping in between a lot at the beginning but the consistency and the narrative it just became quite tricky mm-hmm. I did experiment with using they for everything but again it just kind of came across quite jarring so um, we went with what they were assigned with at birth and that's only because we just don't know do we we don't know so and and I do make it clear that that's not my opinion in the slightest it's just what we have to use for for the clarity i guess and it has it has upset a few people but which i totally understand as well um but i think that you know if if someone is coming from a good place i really am trying to come from a good place with this in that i'm trying to represent all parts of the community and i really would hope that would shine through more um so 
doing it differently, I really don't know. Maybe because I did write a disclaimer at the beginning, but mm-hmm. I don't think it seems to have worked. So maybe if I was clearer, <laughs> if I was clearer about that, in that the the place I'm coming from is really not trying to exclude; it's trying to be inclusive. Right. And right. I understand why people, like I said before, we have a joke. We we claim a lot of us claim people you know, they're lesbian, they're lesbian, they're trans. Um, but it is a serious matter, and and I wouldn't want anyone to feel excluded. But I would hope that in the book it does sh- it does show that, and I really hope that it shines through that rather than being branded with the same brush as someone awful like J.K. Rowling. Because that's definitely <laughs> not, not, not the, yeah. The I mean, you're not you're not outwardly saying you know some of the comments, and it, it's a shame because I um I, I I'm a huge fan of I with the Harry Potter franchise and it's it's a complicated feeling because you know as an ally and as somebody that I want to continue to grow and and learn um yeah some of the comments she made were straight up problematic and she was not real she was unapologetic about it too it's like she you know so that it's a complicated feeling I have with her because I'm like she had so many positive messages in her in her writing and her literature. It's just and completely then, ruined it. Yeah, it's like, oh come on. So, but no, and I and I um I think I did uh, pick up on that with some other you know. Sometimes I'll read book reviews to to see what other people thought and and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not necessarily in tune with a lot of those nuances. But I um yeah I didn't I didn't pick up on that that you were you know being dismissive at at or at any point or just kind of assuming i guess i didn't i didn't i didn't pick up on that but then again i'm not a member of that community so you know um yeah kind of like you said like you definitely want to you want to come from a good place that was not your intention you want to make it clear that you're not trying to you know be on that side of the conversation and um you know but i i do think that it's it's tricky because when you when you write something with a title that's a short history of queer women and you there's a lot of um you know moving parts that go into that and you make bold choices and so yeah you're gonna that you can't please everyone you might you might ruffle some feathers and um but yeah you just kind of like you said like you don't know <laughs> you don't know if, how you may or may not do it differently the next time around because it's so it's so tricky it is and it changes you know. so quickly you know like vocabulary and term- terminology at the moment in all walks of life um it's ever expanding isn't it we're all we're all trying to catch up and yeah and figure the figure the world out and I, th- I feel like maybe if we had a little space to just 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 you know people there are people that are awful and need to educate themselves but then there are people that are willing to that, that, that like i said they are coming from a good place and um mm-hmm. and i i just hope that within our community that we are we we make sure that we need to to fight the oppressor rather than each other you know yeah 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 that's a good point so what were the most challenging parts to write and then what were the most enjoyable parts to write so yeah challenging i guess was that so i mean there was someone radcliffe hall who um in history has always been written with she always um but they identified as they they called themselves john they um identified as male as such obviously there wasn't that vocabulary for them to refer to themselves mm-hmm. as that 
but I made sure to not use she because I felt like there was a lot of evidence there to suggest otherwise. So with with parts of that, that was quite challenging because then you do worry about other members of the community, such as lesbians, who have also took issue with that. So, you know, you have very much lesbians, then you have trans men, and then, you know, they're both kind of saying, you're raising me, but you're raising me. You're always in danger of just erasing somebody. Mm. And that's really the hard part, especially when you write a book about being inclusive. Like, that's the yeah. last thing you want to do, isn't it? So that was tricky, but then enjoyable. Just finding the humour in... If we just take lesbians as a particular part of the community, lesbians as such have this stereotype of just being boring or <laughs> you know, sexless, not very passionate the boring part of the community i guess Do you know we're just kind of we're not like the fun part of the lgbt community we get that we're, we're brandished with that with that brush of the the bores but what i wanted to do was really just show a different side to lesbians in particular that group of lesbians in that you know we do fully embrace those stereotypes which is hilarious <laughs> because we actually yeah. really do i I knew that already, but once I did look through history, it was very clear to me that there's a lot of drama, we're very intense, there's a lot of emotions. But then there are breaks, we do break those stereotypes in that lesbians have a lot of sex, not just with one person too, and it's been throughout history that there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of passion. There's love letters, but the letters are like sexting, you know, and Mm. there's a lot of absurd, ridiculous things that people have done for other women, and I really wanted to highlight that because I just thought it was really funny. Lesbians are just really, really funny. And um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we get a lot of credit for that because in in media and in film, it, it, we, we're either dead, we either die, or we're psychopaths. So <laughs> there's no really in between of just a nice, happy, content lesbian who's a bit, who's, who's funny, yeah, basically. Yeah. So that that was one of the most enjoyable things was bringing that to light and just jumping into it and and really writing about it and highlighting it and laughing because it was it really made me laugh yeah (laughs) I guess yeah I never knew that I mean I've I've I have some really good friends in that community but they're 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 men they're gay I don't I can't think of any like lesbians that are close to me so I guess I like I never knew that and that's so funny that within that own community um you know there are stereotypes and that's like what else are you gonna do you're just gonna own it and (laughs) (laughs) or you're like oh there's a reason like oh this you know i guess there is a reason why like that's slapped on us or whatever but i love that that you found that um entertaining while you were doing your research too and that yeah it's yeah you guys want to be multi-dimensional right like (laughs) it's nice to it's nice to see yourself really and and you know someone like Ele- Eleanor Roosevelt, like some of the letters that her and um, her Lorena, Lorena Hickok wrote, you just really see yourself in those when you text, I don't mm-hmm. know, if you text girls now or people that you've been dating. And it just really made me laugh because I was just thinking that was what, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but you know, you see the correlations it's still going on now. You still, yeah. We're still having those types of that, that, that passion and the intensity that, a lot of lesbians do have which is so over the top and dramatic (laughs) but funny and it's still going on now that's awesome that's fun yeah i can imagine that was yeah that was probably refreshing for you too very yeah okay so what what do you hope people get out of this book knowledge i guess mostly um and yeah knowledge so that they know that people existed Mm -hmm. but 
I mean, because it's not an academic, it's really, I don't want it to be an academic book. And a lot of people have said, oh, it's, it's too fleeting or it's, it's, that's what it's supposed to be like. It's not supposed to be a heavy read. It's supposed to be just people thrown all over the place. And then hopefully that I have provided the tools really for, if, if someone likes a certain person, they, they might be able to go and, and look for it. They can go, oh, this, this person sounds cool. I'm going to go find out more. Mm. Because that's really what I wanted when I was young. I just wanted a whole book full of people and I would pick who I was interested in more. So that was another reason why I tried to be as representative as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would hope. I would hope that someone would read it and, and, and understand that it's not supposed to be academic. I don't want it to be like that. I want it to just to be lighthearted and a laugh really. And yeah, yeah there's a there's swearing in it and, and there's a lot of sex in it, but it's supposed to be like that. I just, I want, I want it to be a very easy read and for someone to 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 pick out someone and go oh that that person is interesting i relate to that person i'm going to go find out more information about that person so that's yeah. what i would hope that someone would get out of this book is, is is someone they can see themselves in and they would then have the ability to just go and and find that yeah perfect yeah, i love that um Oh, real quick. So, uh, the cover, it's, it's funny. It's fun. Like what, how was that process, um, for you? Did you have any input? Did you have a, like a vision board or anything? How'd that go? No, no. So they were figuring out the cover, um, and they just pitched it to me. It was Jennifer Prince who did it, who's, who's really, really good. And they just said, what about this? At first, actually, I was like, uh, I feel like, cause I, I love her work, mm. but I was like, of all of her things that she does, why did you choose that particular one? Because I just thought it was quite <laughs> heterosexual. It was like aiming at, a he- at like the heterosexual <laughs> narrative. <laughs> but then I figured, you know, the book's very tongue in cheek, isn't it? So, and that's quite tongue in cheek as well. So, in the end, I fell in love with it. But she's an amazing artist, um, and she's got she she takes a lot of queer people from television and film, and then makes them and does lots of nice art with them. So, oh, she's cool. really good. Yeah. Cool. No, yeah, I just, I, I remember just, um, I think when I got it in the mail, I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's like it does catch the eye because it's funny it and it does like, you know, and me, I don't know, maybe it's okay to like appeal to that wider audience that way. Of course so, it is. So, I know yeah. that was just me being petty, but yeah. in the end, in the end, I, I was like, yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So what? All right. What advice do you have for your 15 year old self? Oh gosh. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, poor me. When I was 15, I was in such a sad place. I don't know. I think I would say the internet's going to come soon, um, <laughs> which is going to be amazing, but also really, really awful <laughs> for queer people. So be warned, but embrace it. And the, yeah, the internet is a savior for a lot of queer people because as a 15-year-old me, I never had that accessibility very quickly. Whereas someone now who's struggling, they can go online and just find someone who yeah. is like them. A real-life person, too. Um, whereas for me, it was very lonely as a 15-year-old. So I think I would say the internet will come soon. You will find people that are like you. And come out sooner. I wish I came out sooner because I feel mm. like I've missed a lot of cool years. Mm. But yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought about that before. No, yeah, and you know, it could be useful for um, teens or preteens who maybe, yeah, I don't want to say things are maybe a little bit easier for them 
for them yeah, to have those experiences ways. now but yeah it's it's never easy it's just your own little journey and of course yeah i yeah. mean the internet has made things super easy but then also really really difficult yeah social yeah. media in particular except yeah. everyone everyone has an opinion and if they have an internet connection they have an ability yeah. to make their opinion known and yeah it's and just things like bullying as well like so i'm so glad i didn't have social media at school i don't know what i don't i think it would have ended me oh gosh (laughs) yeah and i i worry about that because i have two little boys and um, my oldest he just started kindergarten so i'm like just just getting started and it's yeah and and you know they're they're you know they're they're two white boys so i think like i also like it's just a challenge of making sure that they know um they grow up and and I just want them to be understanding and oh my god, you know what I mean? Like just to, and if they, if they turn out, you know, either um, homosexual or bisexual, whatever, like it's not a problem with me. I just, I also want them um, to know, yeah, like this is not, this is an experience I've never had to go through and, you know, but it's, we'll see, hopefully you have resources and a support system that, you know, it'll kind of like, ease you into it and things like that but then yeah it's just it could be any any number of things it's just gonna just taking one day at a time you know? <laughs> I, i've got a i've got a 17 month old little white boy as well oh, and, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> and it's i mean he he will he has two mums so mm. he will come from this background but yeah i mean it's all new to me really men is, in general yeah. and hoping that he will be a feminist or that he will respect women and yeah exactly or, but also all walks of life he will be he'll understand about consent and he'll he'll respect people of color and trans people it's oh it freaks me out every day but yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the first things i thought when i was pregnant i was like oh man i'm gonna have to teach him to keep his hands to himself i'm gonna have to teach yeah. him not to like you know or just even little things that are understandably you know concerns because even now it's yeah we have to explain to him like okay well but that also goes both ways don't let anybody touch you if you don't want to be touched like say no like you know just to kind of understand that it's like yes it's not you're not just it's not just you like you are also on the receiving end of other things and things like that yeah it's just making sure that they understand it goes both ways and but it's like it's it, all good isn't it coming from from us because we if we feel like we're doing the best we can but then it's like when they go to school and it's like what oh are yeah at school <laughs> <laughs> or social it's like, media it's like oh. or socializing yeah i don't know i'm i feel like i'm gonna just cross that bridge when we come to it because i'm same. you know you see like when should they have a phone? I don't know. I see nine and ten year olds with phones, <laughs> oh, no. like, and I. But I think that's just normal now. I don't know. Like, it's necessary, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Like, I'll, I'll definitely Much want a way to reach them. And okay, but yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want them to be isolated from their peers just because, like, I don't <laughs> think that they should have something yet. You know, it's it's tricky. But yeah, just like take one day at a time and. Where in, are you in the states? Are you in yes, the states? I am. I'm in like Chicago area. So ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So and then I also have um a toddler. He's about to be two in a few weeks. So, but I don't know that hands full, and they're both crazy. And like, <laughs> I've got one, and it's just very difficult. Yeah, it could be a much. Yeah, and you're at the fun age where um they're just exploring everything, and they don't. Yeah. I feel like they know better, but they're like, they know they can get away with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll make eye contact with you and do it anyway. Yeah. And you go, no. And they're just like, Look back. he always bangs on this table and he looks at me before he does it. 
And he's yeah. wearing a little, this little this glint in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it's tricky because you don't want to, like, they're doing it for the attention. You're giving them the attention because you want them to stop. But then it's like, it's just a cycle. And yeah, it's like, otherwise, just remove everything f- from everywhere. <laughs> like, toddler proof everything. <laughs> um, okay, but oh, one last question. Do you have any um, future projects? Like any, you know, anything you're working on next? Yeah, so I'm currently writing a book about um, the IVF process that me and my wife went through when we um, oh, okay. Okay. have our kid. Yeah, so it was so difficult finding any information at all for mm. you couples on how on how to even attempt to have a child. Like we didn't even know really what what to do. We wanted to do reciprocal IVF where my wife carried my embryo, so it was both of us okay. involved. Okay. Which is mind blowing that science can do that. So yeah. we, we both created a him. We both created him, but yeah, we couldn't find anything. And in the, in the UK, we we have to pay for it because the NHS it's it doesn't well, it doesn't help same sex okay. couple. Um, okay. So the re- the way we had to figure it out was just ask. This is a very lesbian thing to do: is just ask ex ex partners how they did it. Okay. They tell us. <laughs> <laughs> just the whole process was nuts and crazy and bonkers but we we managed it and it cost a lot of money but mm. also just a lot of ridiculous things happened that for because i like to find the humor in it but just silly questions from silly doctors sometimes who don't really know how to talk to queer couples and that mm. we had one doctor who was checking my son's ears when he was born and he asked um if our son was going to have any male role models, like it was the first thing he asked us. We were like, well, do you, what is That's that? That's your concern. That you like. Like... Yeah. <laughs> For the first thing he said, we were like, okay. Are you volunteering doctor? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> is that the job you would like to do? So uh, I just thought yeah. it was very funny. And it was, so then it how was... do you like answer that? You're just like, I don't know, I know exactly. your business. Like what? I think I just went, oh, well, yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you making me feel guilty? I don't know. Right. Um, right. But also, like, so what? Even if he doesn't, but I don't know. Anyway, it was it, it was just a lot of a lot of questions like that, basically. Well, like, would and they have it, asked? Would they have at, he had asked that question if you had a girl? Yeah, you know, like, is that probably not? No. Yeah. Even yeah, though no male role models are just as important for women, like young girls women, too. Yeah. No, I doubt that actually. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. That's, I never thought about that. But yeah. there was a lot of things like that that were asked. Um, but I find it funny. My wife, not so much. But <laughs> I thought, I thought this. I need to write about this. I was like, because one, it will help people who want to figure out how to have a child because there's just no information. And two, you know, you got to find the, the humor in things because it was quite funny. A lot of the things. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's so important. I agree. Um, that's interesting though, because yeah, that's like a little pocket of that group that of people who decide to undergo that that whole process and um yeah certainly same-sex couples are 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 an important part of that story so yeah no that'll be interesting to read up on and um that's yeah that's really cool that you're you're just gonna go for it you're gonna like again yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you've got one under your belt now i know um you know so just take that with you and and move forward right (laughs) yeah um okay so kirstie lower a short history of queer women um i believe it will be out by the time this interview airs so uh definitely recommend it if yeah just like a quick read of 
literally what the title says, but also some entertainment along the way, which um, is always a good thing. So thank you so much um, for your time. And yeah, I'll, I'll keep a lookout for everything else you've got going on. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure. Okay, that was Kirsty Lower talking about A Short History of Queer Women. That book is available now. You can find links to her social and to purchase the book in the show notes. Please rate, review, subscribe. Go ahead and follow us, uh, The Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club on Instagram and Twitter. As always, thank you for listening.